what you waiting on? Check, check us on your phone. This the Tony Sands show. Turn your radio on. Kelsey just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium. I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother. Make you think with your medulla. You a student. I'ma school you with the fact that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students. Nah, everyone can do it. Do this. I ain't new to this. My style is rich. It's lucrative. Maneuver through it. You know it's fast, surely. You know it's so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. You could get me every Monday. After kickoff on Sunday. I got these cold, hard facts. And we ain't talking Sundays. Come on with Kelly, Kelly. Shout out to the big homie. You know it's so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. Co-hosting with Kelly, Kelly. You know it's facts, only. You know I'm so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. BBS Radio. We're back. Listen, we're back another week of digging into it. We got AGs, listen, all over the place, putting out words, putting fires, getting sparking things. This is the Tony Sands Show. Me and my man, Vaughn, we're going to give it to you like it's no other. Another week of sports and life. V, what's going on, my brother? Absolutely excited to be back another week, Tony. It's week nine of the NFL, and as we get closer, it's one step closer. The team's getting ready for the draft and going fishing, and yes. other teams getting ready to possibly win them a Super Bowl. Yes, and yes. and as y'all know, it, and when you're looking in, you know, it was a certain particular hat that was put in the box for a while, but all of right. a sudden now we found that hat has come back out of the box and come back on the head. We ain't going to say nothing about that Broncos hat ball wearing. So it is. They win. He brings it out. He almost reminds me of Miami Dolphins fans here in South Florida. When they win, they got banners flying all over the place. When they lose, you can't find one anywhere. Oh, let's just. Oh, look at this, man. Look at look at this. Look, look at Ladies this. and gentlemen, we're back. We got us a win in the UK. We, we back now. We got us a week off. You've been well-rested. Listen, it's a big game for the Broncos against Tennessee Titans, and it's a big week in the NFL, and it's a lot to talk about, Tony. So y'all should have technically, since y'all had to go overseas to get a win, y'all should have left there and then went to Germany. And and, and maybe the winning streak would have lasted for you because guess what? I don't think it's going to last this week. I think you're going to still get the same old, as I've been telling you earlier, Russell Wilson. The real Russell Wilson was left overseas. The year, This year's Russell Wilson is back. You guys got him. It is what it is. There's going to be no swapping. Next week, guys, I guarantee you, you won't see that hat. You won't see that hat on his head. I'm just telling you. And when we're talking about head, there's a lot of heads being turned. That's right. In the NFL world. Let's get into it. Listen, Tony, listen, listen, the NFL has their first game in Germany and nobody's actually even talking about. Yes. And and that's crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing that that right now all the focus is on the D.C. attorney general who released his press conference today talking about in this lawsuit. You're talking about Roger Goodell. You're talking about Daniel Snyder and you're talking about the NFL. You're opening this thing up when we talk about moheads. We got to find out what Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers are going to do with the decision that they may have to make with Aaron Rodgers. Wow, that's going to be deep when you talk about at this point in phase. This, you know what this reminds me in his career, it reminds me of 
when Brett Favre was pretty much going through the same transition. Should they sit him? Should they bench him? Should they not? Should they play him? And Aaron Rodgers was that guy in, in, in the dugout. Now Love is in the dugout, and now we're seeing things that happen with Andrew Rodgers. But without that being new, now you're talking about sitting that guy. We're talking about a guy that's being hired. Ah, straight from get up to get on with the Indianapolis coach, Jeff Saturday. We're going to be high school that. coach to Sunday football. Listen, decision makers are a little bit different than high school on a Friday night and then making decisions on a Sunday. There's decisions there. You're talking about you, but now you got to make decisions for grown men and their family life. How well is that going to turn out with the guy? And we're going to get deep into that, so I don't want to rush into it now, but we're going to find out the qualifications that it takes to be the new NFL head coach. Listen. Requirements have changed now. And and we're talking about things changing, changing, changing. Listen, as we told you when we left off the show last week, I mean, Kyrie had, you know, got suspended and, and some things Evolved with his situation, Kyrie did a a, a, a Instagram post last night, yesterday, uh, speaking about his feelings and how he feels and some of the things that was uh, added to him being able to return back to the Nets, and that, and that's going to be interesting to see how that play out. How what if you don't fulfill one of those obligations? Yeah, what, uh, in other words, if he does four of the five, will they let him in, or three of the five, or does he have to do all five? Or all then, five. Again, who, who 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 decided the five? I just wanted to know. Is like, is the five <laughs> good for this? What you know, this this guy, and then it's not good yes. for him. I'm, it, this thing is all over the place with that. It's, it's, and now, and as we spoke before we came on the air, uh, we we're having some of the basketball world is starting to speak out a little bit uh, about this situation because. Are we going too far in requiring a man to uh, uh, apologize? He apologized, but now we're saying you got to do this, 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 this. It's almost like you went to jail and you came out. Now you, they are telling you you got restitution and you got to fulfill community service hours. So he, he's in a he's in a, a a situation of listen. You got to fulfill all five. I didn't say three. I didn't say two. I didn't say one. All five must be fulfilled in order for you to get back and put a basketball in your hand. It's, that's going to be an interesting turn of events and how that's going to come back. We're going to run to a quick commercial break. Brief, when we're coming back, listen, we're coming back. Can the NFL withstand the attorney generals? Get into it. We're going to dig right into that. We're going straight into that when we come back. You're on the Tony Sanchez show. Let's get it. That's how you train like a beast. Post hard ready. We came here to see Jeff. What you got? No, no, no. Not on my watch. No way. Bring what you got. I'm going to the top. You can bring what you got. I'm going to the top. Bring what you got. Bring what you got. I'm going to the top. I'm going to the top. That's how you train like a beast. We live here back on the Tony Sands show as we told you. Before we went to a commercial break, listen, Thomas, let's go ahead and play the D.C. We're going to play some of the D.C. Attorney General's uh, press conference every day so that way we can get our 
audience caught up to what we're saying here when it comes to the NFL and how this lawsuit is being levied and it's three parties that are being is being levied against, really four is being levied against when you're talking about the NFL. Let's play that DC soundbite and uh, the attorney general and listen, and then Bon we'll get into breaking that thing down because that's that's a deep. Yeah. Attorney General of the District of Columbia, we work extremely hard to make our city fairer, more safe, and more just. That means that we stand up. Excuse me. There have never been as many cameras as there are here today. That means we stand up for all D.C. residents. We hold bad actors accountable when they cause harm. It means we seek justice. We use all the legal tools we have to uncover the truth and right wrongs. And it means we stand up for the fundamental principle that no one, no matter how powerful they are, is above the law. We're here today to talk about the Washington Commanders. For years, the team and its owner have caused very real and very serious harm and then lied about it to dodge accountability and to continue to rake in profits. So far, they seem to have gotten away with it, but that stops today. Today, we're filing a consumer protection lawsuit, a civil lawsuit, against Dan Snyder, the Washington Commanders, the National Football League, and the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell for colluding to deceive residents of the District of Columbia about their investigation into a toxic workplace culture that impacted employees, especially women. All of that deception was done to protect their profits and their image. With this lawsuit, we're standing up for D.C. residents who were repeatedly lied to and deceived. Listen, you heard that was deep from just that. We're going to dig more into that press conference as the show go on. He adamantly said the D.C. residents, and I'm not going to say just D.C., I'm going to say NFL fans were not given the truth about everything. And he there, this is a, and I gotta look at it. This is what they call a consumer, as he said it, a consumer uh, 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 lawsuit. So this lawsuit has to have more merit because of question they went for whatever they felt that they can get on this and that will stick. They went for it because I'm quite sure. It's giving them the leeway to uncover some things. I give you great points, Tony. And I give add on to what you just now said. I mean, the team is currently being investigated on several fronts. So it's the attorney general um, of D.C. And let's not forget Mary Jo White, United States Congress, U.S. attorney, is reviewing the cooking of the books, possibly um, failure to pay taxes, things of that nature. And other nefarious acts, possibly, that he's been allegedly um, investigated for. So he's now got a state issue now where the state has come out, the attorney general that came out today, that is part of the District of Columbia of that portion 
of the state, of the right? State, yes. So now the the state will open up a civil case now against him, and he will be, possibly be found liable. But that is the entryway, in my opinion, to now Mary Jo White now piggybacking that, and from a U.S. government standpoint, Correct. which is the government and the state coming together, so to speak, on multiple cases against Daniel Snyder and the National Football League, or will it be Daniel Snyder with the the state? And not the, the, the government. So it's kind of like up in the air will they, you know, all of this is intertwined because they're all part of the same conglomerate and consortium. So it's hard to differentiate and say, well, this guy did this and then the other group wasn't doing this. When everyone's actually liable for right, not right. making Jango Snyder sell the team at, a, at an earlier date, which would have sort of possibly not alleviated this, but this would have gone away. I, listen. And listening, and we're going to continue to listen to that press conference. We're going, to, we're going to get ready to get back into it. But listening to what the D.C. Attorney General was saying, regardless if he sold that team, they were still going out there. Regardless Absolutely. if he sold that team, they Absolutely. were still going out there. But I think, Tony, what also happened is, is that his inability to capitulate at any point, his inability to see what it actually did, what Correct. he actually did, in these scenarios, I think made these people say, you know what, we're really going to go after Daniel Snyder. And I think he got the phone call or the email where he was notified. Guess what? They're coming for you now. And that's when he came out with the Bank of America all of a sudden <laughs> in the middle of the night. I'm selling. I'm out of listen, here. I'm out of here. Can't run that. Hey, listen, as Nino Brown said in New Jack City, shut down the car. I'm out. Thomas, <laughs> can you continue to play that? Can we play that soundbite from where we left off at? They have a right to know the truth about the companies they support with their hard-earned dollars, the commanders, Mr. Snyder, the National Football League, and Roger Goodell deprive them of this right. Since the fall of 2021, we've been carefully and thoroughly investigating the Washington commanders and Mr. Snyder related to allegations of sexual harassment and workplace misconduct and the circumstances around the NFL's so-called independent investigation into these allegations. We've interviewed numerous witnesses, including former team employees who witnessed and experienced the conduct at issue. We reviewed thousands of internal documents produced by the commanders and the National Football League, including emails. What we found, what the evidence overwhelmingly established, what we will prove in court, is clear wrongdoing and violations of D.C. residents' consumer rights. The defendants lied about what they knew, and then they lied about what they were going to do about it, all in the service of protecting image and profit. First, we allege that Mr. Snyder lied to D.C. consumers when he denied knowing anything, anything about the allegations of a hostile work environment and culture of sexual harassment. In fact, the evidence shows Mr. Snyder was not only aware of the toxic culture within his organization, he encouraged it and he participated in it. Mr. Snyder exerted a high level of personal control over everything the commanders did, and his misconduct gave others permission to treat women 
in the same demeaning manner. This man has done his homework, Tony. This guy just didn't start this investigation and pick up two pieces of paper on a cliff note and said, I think I got something here. A year ago, they started. Right. And he's got emails. He's got documentation. And the one thing he I've noticed that's sticking out to me most now is is the word colluding. Yes. The word colluding. That that brings in. That brings in. That means that it's not him just on his own. There's a a group of people, whether it's Roger Goodell, the NFL, other owners, whoever it is, and colluding cohesively to mislead the public. Yes. Yes. All right. And, and then the other thing is that I think we got to remember is, is that Daniel Snyder actually had answered these questions. So, again, the facts coupled with his statements is, I think, it was going to be the most damning part for him is because they actually asked him these questions and he gave back answers that now looking at the evidence are not congruent with the not, answers that he yeah. gave. Yes. And then and, and as he stated. They were protecting image. And profit. And with that being said, now you're misleading the D.C. residents. Right. And then he also, you, you see, he got deep into the, the women that were degraded that worked in that environment was, was not treated like a work environment has to be done. And that's, listen, and this right. was supposed to be where they did this, okay, an investigation is taking place independently, but it appeared not to be in the best interest of the consumers, as he said. That's why he called it consumer right loss. And, and it wasn't in the best interest of the employees who work for the, for the Washington commanders. Yes. You know, they basically swept this stuff under the rug, basically, and acted like these, these things didn't actually happen on their watch and in their building. And then it came out that the investigation now showing you that a lot of things came out. And we need to remind the public again, Tony, and the people that are watching, all the sports fans out there, is that Daniel Snyder has, as we mentioned before, his team is losing economic value in terms of dollars yes. and cents. He's not getting yes. the sponsorship and the revenue into the stadium. The fans are not coming in droves like that from the Washington, D.C. area. So the man has gotten so desperate to the point where he's had a a hard time selling sweets in an older stadium that is no longer considered to be um, uh, attractive and appealing. Yes. Right. Especially in the NFL nowadays. Right. You know, you're not you're not getting that same type of experience that you get in Minnesota or Dallas or, you know, these L.A. L.A. stadium. L.A. stadium. These are right. like. Yeah, he had a hard time. He had a hard time selling these, these these sweets. So what did he do, Tony, to try to convince people to purchase these sweets? He offered people and said he tried to basically set up cheerleaders. Yes, with potential sweet owners. This is and this is where he said he spoke about it earlier about the cheerleaders and and their yeah. involvement. Let's guess. Let's continue on this soundbite so we can. Let our audience here, for those that are just joining in, this is Tony Sands show. We're breaking down the the, the consumer right lawsuit that is placed against the NFL. Roger Goodell, the NFL, and Daniel Snyder. We're listening to the press conference from the Attorney General in D.C. Mr. Snyder dictated everything from which photos of cheerleaders were used in an annual swimsuit calendar to how revealing the uniforms would be. 
He directed his employees to create voyeuristic videos of partially clad cheerleaders from calendar shoots, from footage that the cheerleaders had no idea even existed. When Mr. Snyder was told about allegations of male executives and employees making unwanted sexual comments and propositions toward other employees, he was often dismissive. And you know the trick. He blamed repeatedly the victims. For example, when a longtime commander's broadcaster was caught making inappropriate sexual comments, that's Mr. Michael, about a commander's intern, Mr. Snyder shrugged it off, calling the man a sweetheart who wouldn't hurt anyone. In another incident, Mr. Snyder directed the firing of a cheerleader who had reported sexual misconduct by a player in order to minimize distractions from the players. There were no consequences whatsoever for the player who allegedly acted inappropriately. Despite all of the evidence of Mr. Snyder's knowledge of and participation in the hostile workplace culture, when news stories broke, Mr. Snyder falsely claimed he knew nothing about it. He did this in order to insulate himself from consequences, protect his image, and protect his profit. Mr. Snyder made public statements claiming he was unaware of these allegations until they surfaced in the media. He also claimed he had been too hands-off as an owner and allowed others to have day-to-day -day control over the team. These attempts to deflect attention away from him. Listen, they're breaking this thing down. So they, they did their due diligence. When you talk about, as he talked about, the victim blaming Daniel Snyder, allegedly, you know, blamed victims. And, and really was like, hey, listen, I had nothing to do with this. I only thing I'm uh, uh, liable for is that I allowed other people to run this operation. And this is where we're at. Right. Never right. taking blame for himself. And you can see this D.C. Attorney General is adamant. But now, we, and you'll hear later in the press conference, he's getting ready to leave in January. I don't think this case is going to be finished up by January. Do the next Attorney General come in with that same old due diligence? Or does this get swept up under the rug and become something of the, as we would say, the last regime started but couldn't finish. And now there's new regime saying, you know, and ah, if, if Mary Jo White comes out, who is for the government, couples with this state investigation that is no longer, it becomes a criminal investigation. Okay. And, or, or some form of legal language where they would be able to, to look into it. What I'm trying to say is that if you have already the attorney general here with this case in the fact that started, yeah, they already started. They're already ready to roll with it. Then if you couple that with the U.S. government attorney general's office or some form of that entity looking into attacks and finances and things of that nature, you know, there's so many departments that actually can look into this. So when you get I think it can't go away. He can't dodge this. He's waited too long and has done too much to, to basically, you know, 
get away from it and be admonished. And here's the other thing that we talked about right here on the Tony Sands show, Tony, is that, listen, the man came out a couple of weeks ago and said he had dirt on people. He didn't even tell you that somebody didn't wash their hands when they came out of the bathroom or anything like that. Nevertheless, it's about some real dirt, right? So listen. let's just be, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he was trying his best in an act of desperation, on. like we said, yeah. in an act to of desperation on. to hold on and try to say, to deflect the attention off of what it really was, which is, hey man, I got the phone call to guess what? These cases coming down on you. Yes. And, and, and they're, listen, and they're adamant. As you can see, this attorney general, you can see from his facial he's expression. Forth, he's forthright. He has the evidence. He's forthright. He, he's like, man, listen, I got the goods right here. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to break it down. He talked, he spoke even about the firing of a cheerleader and the way cheerleaders were mishandled in this process. Because you got to remember, that what sparked all this, those cheerleaders and that boards of video that allegedly they said he was responsible for having the uh, staff members video the cheerleaders. And it allegedly. goes all into what I just had mentioned to you right before we started it back about how he was trying to basically try to basically solicit cheerleaders to have meetings with potential people to convince people to buy suites at a stadium because he couldn't sell a suite. It was terrible, Tony, for him to even try to do that. I mean, you know, what he's done is, to, uh, one other thing I wanted to bring into, I don't want to just keep it on the cheerleaders or females who were in the cheerleading sector. Let's talk right. about the females who worked in the corporate offices who were disrespected that worked for Daniel Snyder. So it's, it's, right. it's both, both sides of it. So this guy is an evil individual. Um, he needs to be brought up and 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 held accountable. And 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 as you can see, this attorney general is not. He's not laying this down at all. He's making sure. So let's, uh, Thomas. Let's continue this uh, press conference. We're gonna continue this a little bit more, and then we're gonna jump into another topic here on the Tony Sands show. Himself and blame others do not stand the test of scrutiny. They're false statements designed to mislead the fans that Mr. Snyder needed to continue to make profits and to continue to burnish an image that was not squared off by the facts. Second, we allege the, that the National Football League and its commissioner, Roger Goodell, Mr. Snyder, and the commanders misled the public about what was being done to address the allegations of harassment and the toxic culture that the commanders maintained. They did all of this to hide the truth, protect their images, and let the profits continue to roll. In 2020, the Washington Post publicly reported a shocking broken team culture, one where sexual misconduct, harassment, and misogyny ran rampant for decades. Unsurprisingly, D.C. fans and the fans of the National Football League were outraged and wanted answers. Some fans even threatened, to this day, to boycott the team. Above all, fans, especially D.C. residents, just wanted to know the truth. Fearing that their image and profits were under threat, the commanders and Mr. Snyder attempted to reassure fans by publicly launching an investigation into the allegations of sexual harassment and abuse. And after the public raised concerns about whether the team could credibly investigate itself, the National Football League 
claimed that they were stepping in to assume oversight. That led fans to believe the process would be independent of Mr. Snyder's influence. At the time, Mr. Snyder himself noted that this change in oversight would ensure, and I quote, the results are thorough, complete, and trusted by the fans, the players, the employees, and the public. But this, of course, was all for show. In reality, the commanders in the National Football League secretly entered into an agreement about the investigation that the public didn't know about. The public didn't know about the agreement that the National Football League and Dan Snyder entered into about the so-called independent investigation. This agreement enabled information about the investigation to be shared with Mr. Snyder and gave him the keys to determine what could and what could not be shared with the public. Furthermore, the National Football League turned a blind eye about the investigation to Mr. Snyder's attempts at preventing the wow. And, and see, I think that's the part I think that blows this thing up to where now you bring in Roger Goodell, you bring in the National Football League, because guess what? We stated it would be an independent investigation. But we secretly, as he stated, allegedly, we will get into our own agreement and we will let we're gonna give you here you go, here go some of the he go to cheat you to what we're investigating. This is what's coming out of the investigation. So colluding. Now, colluding. Yes. This dangerous is, word. Dangerous word. You get caught in a colluding yes. situation that means that you were actually cohesively working with someone else to mislead someone. And this is going to be brutal for Roger Goodell. With and see, that's, what, that's where I want to go. That's where I go now. Dude, all of a sudden now, a guy that's making $40 million a year does this here investigation find him, he find himself getting ready to let the rings go of the National Football League and all the amenities, the, the private jets and all things. Do we find himself now in that situation to where they say, listen, we got to make you the scapegoat? Well, we I think that somebody's got to take the fall, right? The other owners are going to be sitting in their houses and in their corporate offices saying, I didn't know anything about that. Yes, right. Yes. But Roger Goodell had they said I sent him out to go communicate with him. I didn't tell him to say we that. We didn't listen, we didn't we didn't tell he didn't come back and tell us anything. That's right. I didn't know Roger did that. He did it on his own. Oh. You know, I didn't tell him to say that over there. <laughs> because listen, when I when I first saw and I saw Roger Goodell's name and I'm saying, Wow, okay, I see the NFL. Okay, I but when I saw them bring in Roger Goodell's name, I said, Let me listen to this. Let me see how this brings in Roger Goodell and now we see okay that means Roger Goodell you Daniel Snyder the commanders you guys got into an agreement and in order for them to say it was an agreement there had to be either some type of paper trail that led email DC to, to him to say hey you guys were in cahoots with 
You guys absolutely try to mislead listen, the public. We, Tony, Tony, we find out that Roger Goodell has said, hey, listen, I hired, you know, such and such an associates to do this investigation, but we're going to model it as an independent investigation. However, it's actually an in-house investigation. Right? But see, that's what, that's what, uh, let me tell you something. That's what that's he's saying. What, that's what makes me so leery when the NFL says they are doing an investigation. This takes me back, and you know what I'm going to say. This takes me back to that investigation to where now you you had an independent person that do the investigation, but Roger Goodell, you know the way you set it up with the players lead that one decision can't be made, but guess what? I can override that decision. All these investigations of Brian Flores and anything relative to all of this stuff now is going to have to all be coming back up to the surface. John yes. Gruden's even situation is going to come up to where he's going to say that, hey, listen, there was email communications of deeper stuff or other stuff that was going on that you all still don't know about, right? So, yes. he, so you know, Daniel Snyder allegedly, allegedly, inside NFL circles, people believe that Daniel Snyder leaked the John Gruden email. Oh, wow. So this guy has been doing both sides of the coin amongst his own consortium and his own group. And I think what's going to happen is, is two things. Roger Goodell is going to be in big trouble for this because you're going to see emails possibly come out where he actually hired a company that basically was just sweeping it under the rug and it wasn't a real investigation. And then I also think that we're going to find out that the Washington commanders are not going to have the, the actual market value that these people on ESPN and all these these people that keep throwing out oh, 4.7 billion. Who's Ford, paying 4.7 billion dollars? I think Ford's had, it, I think Ford's had it at, at, at like six to seven billion. I mean, the stadium, he, he can't, you have to get funding for a stadium, right? So it's going to have to be independent because the people of Washington, D.C. have already been misled through this investigation, right? And and yes. trying to get state funds from the, the surrounding areas of Virginia. So how much do they trust that? In the District of Columbia. So the, the taxpayers are saying, don't come to me about a stadium. Now, yeah. You know, we're not interested in putting our, our raising our taxes to possibly fund the stadium, I think. So now you're going to have to get independent people to put money up yes. for a new stadium. It's gonna, Who's doing it's that with Daniel Snyder or the league now? Right. So I think that the market value of what or one last thing, the name change, the name change, the name, so what it was the, before, name change? the name change, what it was before is not what it is now. So the two values are not the same. So you okay? think because the command, they changed from the Redskins. To the commanders, yes, you sir. think that drops the value? It has to. If I mean, if I was selling one thing and it was called um, Adidas last week or whatever known entity and brand it was for so many years that was known as this, and we built right. this brand up to this, and then all of a sudden I changed it to whatever name we want to change it to, the share market value, in my opinion, can't possibly be the same because we're not. It has. It doesn't have the same validity to it. But do they? But do do? But do people say okay? The reason why we made the change was for the better. So if we say we make the change for the better, does that raise the value? It's almost no, like no, you know absolutely I mean? not. Because because let's not forget, he said he would never change the name. Right. Even yeah, though, yeah. even though, even though people told him who the name offended, and other people like ourselves or anybody else said, Hey man, that name is offensive. You need to change the name. He said, right. I'll never change the name. So right. so I think that the 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 value of the name. Him, them, make forcing him to change the name in the public, and everybody saying you got to change the name is right. But at the same time, it dropped the value of something because what you were selling before is not what you're selling now. So don't try to get somebody to pay you five billion dollars, which was more for the Broncos than any other team right now, 
for that garbage? Right. But what I'm saying to you is what, what I'm saying. Okay. It, the name had to change because of what it represented. The red sure. Sure. So we change it to a cleaner name. Yes. And what I was changing it to the cleaner name. Yes. You say that drops the value of what that franchise is. I, I I'll show you how. I'll show you well, how. Let's break it how. And from a branding perspective, what, you, what he right. could have done was he could have dropped it years before, before it got hot to be, hey, man, you know, when it, when the topic started to come up, Correct. he was deaf on his ears. I don't want to hear about it. But if he paid attention and dropped it from then, he would have had time maybe of a 10, 12-year mark to be able to build his brand back up as the commanders, right? And right. it would have more share market value or more recognition. Look, this jersey is one of the lowest value jerseys in the league. Some people, I mean, this name is a cool name, and I'm glad it's, it's it, the name was changed and it should have been changed. But listen, when you put in Dan Snyder, the dark cloud over this franchise, how can somebody pay $5 billion for that? I, I think they pay it because of, first of all, you look at the market that is in. It's in, it's in the D.C. market. Let's, let's not be crazy that that market does produce some great uh, uh, fans. They're, regardless of they're the, the Redskins or the Commanders, you got Their three states to base. pull from, too. You got three states to yes, pull from. that's what I'm saying. So, so I don't think the fan base itself has dropped. I think the value would even go up more because if Daniel Snyder, Snyder sells the team, that shoots the value up. Somebody says, okay, now, my biggest fear with, with that, my biggest fear with that is, and I, I mean, we talked about it early in the week. Right. Let's get into it. They get jacked. into it. If they jack that fee up, and what I mean by jack that fee up, we know who can jack the fee up. We jack that fee up so none of the minorities will fall in line to how they feel will need the funding to purchase that franchise because they'll say, okay, well, they got to go out and get a loan. They got to get uh, 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 some other partners to join in with them because you jack that fee up and you know, you got to convince a brother that if you buy this team, see, it's a little different when you bought something at a hundred thousand dollars. Now it's valued at a billion dollars. Now I'm buying it at a billion dollars. Now I'm buying it at a billion dollars. Go ahead. I, I give you a good one, Tony. This is like a prestigious upscale neighborhood, right? And all the houses are beautiful in the neighborhood. And then Correct. we come across this one dilapidated house. Now, just okay. because it's in the neighborhood, it still gets fair market value for the neighborhood. But the but the structure is bad. The foundation is bad. The soil is bad. The roof right. is rotten. And this is what the Washington commanders are under Daniel Snyder. That whole thing is just a bad house in a prestigious neighborhood. So guess what? You pay for the land, you're going to have to pay $2 billion, $2.7. But when we start talking about going above any NFL team fair market value, we're going to pay $5 billion. And then here's the other thing. If the NFL is serious about, uh, about having a minority owner, inclusion, okay, which they constantly putting money into and constantly talking about. They yeah. can easily, they've already vetted Byron Allen, Robert F. Smith, who's the richest Robert minority black man yes. in America. Robert F. Smith. We can give it, if Mr. Smith is too busy and he says, I have other more, more pertinent endeavors to deal with, even though I'm a minority owner, no thank you. We can go to Byron Allen who has the money. Right, but what I'm saying to you is. But, but here's do, the last point. Here's the last point, so real quick. That the league can then step in and say, listen, Nobody should be bidding over this just because Bank of America valued it at five or whatever. And guess what? If he won't, if he wants the five billion for it, which he has the right to sell it because it's his, 
then the league should front the other portion of the money so that a minority owner should be able to take ownership and still put the minority ownership under a financial 30-year agreement. But that, but but what I'm saying, there we go. There, there we go to what I'm saying is that they may say, we don't want that. We're not doing that. Why? Because it is a way for them to say, we're not going to allow a minority owner to really purchase this, but we're going to look like we want one thing, but we're saying another in our closed door room. And but we already got something, but we got them in a the corner now because now they're saying they, they, they're constantly saying that, yeah, I want this. We want, we, you know, it's but for everybody, that. right? We've heard that. We've heard but, that for you. But now we've we get, but now we, but now we have the financial backing as minorities to actually play the game and be in the room. So now, so now why would a minor, why does a minority who has the ability to buy the team, why does he have to now pay more than anybody else has for a bad, rotten house in a good neighborhood? But we find we see it every we see it every day in in, in, in the workplace. We we've seen it, it ain't crazy. We look at how blacks loans are higher, correct? Then then we tend to get paid once they they tend to up the interest rate on us. They tend to make things higher for us. So why is this going to be any different? If I don't want you in my neighborhood, I shoot the value up. Well, I, I just think I just it. think. I agree with you. I just think that if, if, if we want to really play ball and we really want, if they're really about what it is that they claim, then they should be able to say $2 billion of our money with Byron Allen's 2.7 is $4.7 billion. All right. We got us a minority on. Listen, we, we know we've seen this play out with this time and time and time and time again. Right. Robert Smith, Byron Allen, they have the funding. But I guarantee you, there are going to be some hoops, corners, hills that they got to climb to even get to that market. I'm telling you, there's, there are not, if I jack it up hot, me as a person, ah, the value ain't what I want. It, 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 I'm, I'm overpricing right. this. Right. I'm overpricing. So I'm, I'm back, I'm backing right. out of it. But now the good old boy, and we know who's one of the guys that are bidding on this. Who's put it? Jeff Bezos has put a bid on. Here you got Amazon. This guy paid five billion dollars for five, six billion dollars, even if it's over the value, because he know I'm right. not. This is not my complete cash cow. I can just let this thing mature, and then guess what? I'm comfortable in the room. It's a toy for him, Tom. It's a toy. Yeah. It's just another toy, you know, the toy yeah. chest. And then guess what? He goes get Jay-Z. He has Jay-Z is partnering up with him. Because he has to humanize himself. A, because, it, because he has to humanize himself because he's he's just known as a rich man. You know, nobody knows who Bezos is or what he is or what he likes to eat or anything. He's not a real human in the purple. He's just a rich guy. So what he does is he has to go get Jay-Z to make himself cool again. But do he go get Jay-Z to make himself cool or do he go get Jay-Z to fit that minority, despite Jay-Z not having a, 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 a large piece of the pie, but it still fulfills what? A minority they both, piece. They of both the go pie. hand in hand, right? They both go hand in hand because he has the ability to put to, to be able yes. to bring in a, 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 a fan base outside of just one demographic of people. Correct. Right? Correct. But then we got Chocolate City, Washington, DC, right? So so yes. I mean it would be good at the same time, right? But no, not for me. I don't think that the Jay-Z Bezos thing is anything that, that's exciting or we need. I think Robert F. Smith, and I'm really pulling for Byron Allen, though, to get it. I really hope Mr. Allen gets the team. I think he deserves it. 
I think he's put in a lot of work from 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 back in the days when we were all watching TV programming. Byron Allen's put in a lot of work, so I hope he gets it. And again, if they want it for four point seven, let the league put up two point seven billion dollars and make Allen put up two, just like Major League Baseball bought the um, pay for the Montreal Expos or the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks or the NHL comes in to fund a team to the to the finances get right. Come on, if they're really serious about this thing, they could put the money up with the guy. Listen, I'm going to show you how serious. And you say they want something, but they do something totally different. Right. Thomas, let's go ahead and play the undisputed situation to where we find Jeff Ursay goes outside the box. Oh, man. Goes outside the box. Oh, man. And go get someone who we say they wanted one thing, but all of a sudden now we get something different. Thomas, go ahead and play that undisputed. Uh, uh, video bite. Hired Frank Reich yesterday. They named Jeff Saturday as the Colts' interim head coach. Saturday, of course, was an ESPN analyst. This is his first coaching experience above the high school level. Owner Jim Ursay defended the move in a press conference yesterday. Let's take a listen. Now, I'm glad he doesn't have an NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. He doesn't have that, that fear, and there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available, um, and he has tons of experience. He knows this game inside and out um, with relationships with coaches and players. Um, uh, and, and has been a consultant for us for several years, a paid consultant. A lot of people shaking their heads wondering about this. <laughs> Shannon, what is your reaction to Indy hiring someone with no NFL, no college coaching experience at all? Skip, this is not a knock on Jeff Saturday, but there's a reason why he was available. You talking about you glad he was available. There's a reason why. Skip, what I'm about to say is not an indictment on the individual. Okay. I never... I'm never upset because someone got a job. But this is what you and I both know. Ain't no way in hell a black guy getting a job like this that's sitting around doing what we do on one of these daily shows ain't going to get an intern. Now, they got guys on the staff. Reggie Wayne, if I'm not mistaken, is Reggie Wayne on that staff? Not sure. I think yep. Reggie Wayne's on the staff. Okay. But anyway, Skip, but we've seen this time and time again. Yep. I remember when Matt Millen... Mm-hmm. Got a job as a general manager for the Detroit Lions. Good point. Talking about football, analyzing football. Same idea, yep. One of our former colleagues, I love Lynch, John Lynch, mm-hmm. was, was the number two team right here at Fox. Mm-hmm. Got the general manager job. He did. That Jeff Saturday. And by the way, he's done very well. Done very it. well. Yep. But Skip, hey, look, I'm glad he doesn't have. But the number one thing yep. about black coaches don't get the job, he ain't got no experience. Mm-hmm. He never called plays. Is he a leader? Everything that they told us that they lifted up, boom, 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 boom. He has none of that. He's the perfect guy for the job. He also says, Skip, we're not building a rocket to go to Mars, but that's exactly what black coaches got to do. Not only build a rocket to go to Mars, you got to find a way to have sustainable life once you get to Mars. Good point. Listen, look, look you heard that. But this is what I'm saying when they say they, the Rooney rule was what? supposed to have elevated minority coaches. But then, he, you see those three people, Matt Miller, John Lynch, Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday, all outside the box. Jeff Saturday, you was just on get up. 
talking about pancaking, your pancake awards. And now you become the inter and understand this is not a knock, as they say, against Jeff Saturday. It's a knock against the process that is always put before. Okay, one guy that I'm always going to say, okay, that was an analyst and had to go a Hall of Famer. Jeff Saturday is not, you know, none, a Hall of Famer. Deion Sanders was told he didn't have he experience. How can he can he coach? Right. This, and Dion was hands-on as a high school coach. Right. Hands-on. He had his own team. They traveled. He did a lot of things with, with, with guys that was going off to college when he did with the, with the Under Armour games and things of that nature. But then you tell this guy he can't coach. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play the deep back, defensive back position. You tell him he does not have enough experience. Can he lead, man? Is he a leader? But you go and give Jeff Saturday, straight off a get-up, and you say, now you change the requirements. Jeff, I say, say change. you don't got to have no experience. I'm glad you don't have no experience. I've never heard a CEO of a company say that you don't need no experience. Wait, hold on a second now. You, you, look, look, I got a house. You mean to tell me my, my roof need to be changed, and I'm going to tell you, hey, Tone, I need my roof changed, but I'm happy that guy that's fixing my roof ain't got no experience. Ain't got no experience. I'm glad he know how to put a nail in the, into the right. roof, into the wood, without the shingles, so it won't leak. You are telling me this guy, Jeff Satter, is going to lead the Indianapolis Colts to turn this around. And I'm going to tell you, but you know what? You know what I want to happen? The biggest thing I want to happen, I want him to do well. Because now that creates another situation. That creates another situation because now minority coaches do they go to interview for that job knowing that guess what? I have no shot at it. So now if you get no minorities to interview for the job, what happens to the ruling? The ruling this rule now, Tony, is just wording, and that's why the Tony Sands show right here, what we're giving people is extra information as Don Davis was on from the yes. National Football Players Association. Yeah. He explained it to everybody that basically the ruling rule does not apply currently as written, and it's no longer working in the context that it was was originally written, right? When right. Mr. Rooney came up with this concept. The point that it, I think that, that needs to be talked about now is, is that, look, imagine any one of us having a job for eight to 10 years and you work really hard, you try to level up, and all of a sudden one day they bring in a guy that, that's never worked in your industry before. And he's now your right. boss or she's now your boss, right? It's just not fair after after that amount of uh, amount of experience that a person has, man. So this is totally not right what's happening. And I totally believe that, hey, listen, you know what? This is going to be a big, th- big topic moving forward because there's a lot of minority coaches that have been there that could have been put in this interim position, mainly Reggie Wayne, who's already on the staff. And understand now, Reggie Wayne, and, and for those that, you know, are listening to the Tony Sanders show, we're talking about the hire of Jeff Saturday. Was it right? Uh, should it have been handled a totally different way? You got guys. So that tells everybody in that coaching, on that coaching staff at the end of the Athens coach, that, Jim, that Mr. Ursay don't trust you. What about what believe. about Gus Bradley, who's on the staff? I mean, Gus he don't Bradley, believe it. I don't believe it. 
I don't John believe Fox, in John Fox. I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you. But my guy, Reggie Wayne. And I a listen, former Colt, a former Colt who won the Super Bowl with them. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, look at this process and, and have minority coaches coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Yes. But we still, there is, how do you overstep? And like I said, you wanted your guy. And I understand. Corporate America, you can do what you want. You can bring him in how you want. But you have a guy, a minority, you have a minority guy there, Reggie Wayne. And I don't know if Reggie Wayne said, no, I don't want it. I don't know if it was ever even asked to Reggie Wayne, but eh, uh, I, it, it would be curious to see if, if, if that was. And if Reggie Wayne comes out at some point and say if it was or if it wasn't. But you go get a guy at best, at best has high school experience to put him in front of a bunch of grown men and say, I got your family's life in my hands. Listen, he he ran off his resume at the press conference, man. He said a uh, six-time pro bowler, two-time first team, eight, uh, you know, all pro, all, all pro center. So I guess okay, his that, resume, that, that, to him, his resume consummates him getting a job. <laughs> so then they got to go. So then we go back to, and I heard his resume. Yeah. But if we read off Deion Sanders' resume, it and doesn't I'm guilty, I, I Listen, I, I understood. I'm a big Florida State fan, and I told you week two when we talked about <laughs> Deion Sanders. I said, listen, I understand why they possibly told Prime you got to get some experience. But not, this, this doesn't – it's that, not that, And that's up, what I'm man. saying. It's, You're right. See, You're right. I they, agree. You're right. They, they, they sell us a, a bag of goods, and if we don't watch out – if we don't we, – we tend to – We'll tend to walk out of Walmart with that bag of goods, think we got something good. And guess what? They give us the old paper bags. Like we used to walk out of the grocery store with, and you get down somewhere and you, you the whole bottom fall out. But then they leave out brown bag. Yeah. But then they leave out with the plastic bags that are more right. sturdy. And they double bag. So that makes it even heavier. So you can put more stuff in it, hold them on your arms when you're walking in the house with them. They sell one thing, but they do another. And they sell that. So guess what? We can buy into it. And all of a sudden now, we're saying to ourselves, you're right. You don't have enough experience. Let's not put him in. But then they say, huh, I changed. But it's already Jeff's a good guy. Jeff's a good guy. Jeff will get the job. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you know, he's going to get the job done. And guess what? Like I said, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he does well well here's another thing just to add on to what you're saying because we're we, we coming up to the end of the show closely yes. here's the thing that we got well, i want to ask you what happens if jeff saturday wins this weekend against josh mcdaniels who's losing with all that talent on the raiders he beats gets his first win against josh mcdaniels mcdaniels might be out soon bro <laughs> hey, hey look but that's what i'm saying if he does well and i'm hoping that he does i'm hoping they you know as players to players and that's what i'm saying as players to players, they galvanize together. They help win. Jeff Saturday looks good on the back half of the season. Now it comes down to Mr. Ursay. How do you go about hiring? Because the Rooney Rule, really, with the with, with the interim coach Rooney Rule, does not take precedence. We got a minute left. Let's get into. Let's break down this game right quick. And, and, and it does not take precedence, but we'll follow back up with this. We're going to see where it go. I'm hoping. Hey, listen, this is nothing on Jeff, Earth, uh, uh, Jeff Saturday. 
This is the process that we're going. And the process, we got to break down this Thursday night's game. Atlanta Falcons see. for me, Tony. Kyle Pitts, big night tonight. I mean, this football team has the ability to have be in first place right now. So I'm taking Atlanta yes. Falcons 27 10. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons too. I like the dirty bird. I just like the, the pizzazz of the Atlanta Falcons. It is what it is. They is that's where if you want to be bad, you go to Atlanta. Atlanta is a bad city of the South, the movie capital. I'm going with Atlanta and I'm I'm gonna go uh 24, 24-14. Uh okay. I'm going to go with that. Listen, okay. guys, we brought off knowledge, we broke it down, we sold. We gave you NFL knowledge. We gave you life knowledge each and every week. Me and my, my man V is giving you all those goodies that you need to know when it comes to the hottest topics in the land. We ain't afraid to talk about them. We're bringing them to you each and every week. V, let's give them the deuces. We're heading out of here. Listen, Thursday night football. Deuce. Another week, Thursday night football. Y'all enjoy that come- NFL on Amazon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they gave Bezos the worst package. Hey, man, give me your $5 billion for this worst package. I'll give you the worst games, too. There you go. There you go. Peace. Enjoy the games.